Welcome everybody to another edition of the My Digital Farm podcast, brought to you by the IREC and IAG Proprietary Limited. I'm Anthony Rudd from IAG and I'm joined by the lovely Eva Carissa. Hello Anthony, I'm Eva Carissa from the Irrigation Research and Extension Committee. Nice, and once again we've also been joined by Kieran O'Keefe from Cotton Info, who's the Regional Extension Officer for Southern New South Wales. And also the very intelligent Emma Ayliff from Summit Ag Consulting. How are you guys? Good, thanks. Well, thanks for your time again. Last episode, we were talking about the importance of um, on-farm trials, the whys, the common mistakes, and also determining what question you're trying to answer. I thought we'd move on for episode two here and start talking about... um, uh, designing your trials and some design principles. I might just get you to kick us off here, Kieran. I know uh, looking at your document here before, you've got some some great ideas and some good tips on uh, designing your trial. Yeah, thanks, Anthony. A lot of times I see trials, they're limiting themselves in their design. Ideally, you should replicate your treatment at least three, if not four times. And if you do have different treatments, they need to be randomised across a bay. So ideally, you pick a bay with fairly consistent yield so that you get your treatment effect. So choosing your field's important, obviously. Yeah, very much so. You don't want a lot of variability in that bay, which can confound your result. So, Ems, what about... um what about treatment size? What are, you, what are your thoughts there? Are there any, I suppose, um, ideal treatment size uh, we, we need to aim for? What's the uh, yes. issue? So I guess it comes back to whenever you're trying to do these on-farm trials, as I said last episode, that KISS principle, keep it simple, stupid. So you want to be able to set your trial treatment sizes up that's going to fit your gear. So, for example, if you're doing a cotton trial, you want to set it up in sets of 6, 12 or 24 so that you're able to collect the data with the picker. So what that ends up like usually comes back to whether you run 6, 8 or 12 row gear and those multiples that fit to keep it simple. Same if you're doing, say, something in corn, how wide is your header front versus your planter? Um, How do you need to set that up so that... It is very simple when it comes to the other end and you're trying to collect yield data. Everything just fits nicely. So while we're on the on the, the data subject there, I know it depends on what trial you're running, but when do you think we should start recording in-field data with these trials? If we've, if we've thought about it before we've healed up, we've applied any sort of nutrient or anything to our field, should we be recording those events as well? Are they important? It comes down to the trial and what you're testing at the end of the day, but the more data that you can collect the better for all trials and even stuff that you treat exactly the same. You know, if you're doing a urea trial, for example, but you can record that your MAPs all gone out identical, it just helps to give more value to that data at the other end. 
So is it is it handy but not important to have some historic data there, say previous yield, some soil data, and maybe even some some moisture data during the crop season? Or what are your thoughts there? Comes back once again to what you're trying to test, what what you're trying to work out, and that you know in that first episode we were talking about, you know, determining what exactly is your question. Once you work that out, that's going to give you a good clue as to the sort of data you need to have to be able to answer it. So I've been, I'm, so I'm thinking it from a from a data point of view in in my design stage or my planning stage, I would probably identify points where I would want to make sure that I collected those data layers. Absolutely. Would be thinking about that in the, in your design. Forgive me for being a, a, a little naive. I've heard both you and Kieran talk about control strips. Can you enlighten me a little bit there, exactly what a control strip is? So the key with a control strip is that it is your standard production method. So if we go back to say a urea trial because that's a really nice simple example it means that your control strips are treated exactly the same way as you treat the rest of your farm so it gives you a yield to relate back to that's relevant to your production system okay so it's highly very important i also heard kieran you were talking about replication and, and randomization the last episode what exactly i suppose replication has been obviously being able to repeat the trial but i'm not what does randomization mean an example of randomization is if you have you know, a trial with different rates of fertilizer it It might be any fertiliser. It might be zero, 100 and 200 kilos of, for example, potassium fertiliser. If you have those treatments in the same order across the field, it may be favouring one of those treatments. What you've got to do is mix those up across your reps. You might have three reps. Yep. So you might go 0, 100, 200. The next one might be 200, 0, 100. Jumble them up. So, Ems, do you think the the process that we're going to, we're actually going to document for everybody is easily manageable on farm, especially if I'm going to do that by myself and probably not, you know, involve, maybe involve agronomy in, in that day? So do you think it's easy enough for a grower just to go, okay, here's the process, I follow this. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a very simple process and it's just a matter of having a good plan in place. The other recommendation that I'd have with a lot of these trials is to put something visual in your field as a reminder or indicator of what's going on. So some sort of marker, flagger, painted drum, so that you've got that visual indicator too when you're pulling in to to do a pass to make sure that you don't miss a change in application that you were trying to target. What about digitising some sort of management zone using some software, obviously, whether it be branded or non, to help you um, determine those yield areas at the end of the process? Absolutely great idea. Yep, if you can, and it gives you options then to, if you have access to things like NDVI maps and stuff like that throughout the season, to be able to pull them in digitally and and have a look at those different management zones. So obviously crop monitoring 
should be part of your design process? Typically, with a lot of this, if you can't visually pick it driving past the paddock, a lot of the time you're probably not going to get much of a result out of it anyway. So it's important to make some visual kind of notes as you go through throughout the season, but, you know, particularly things like uh, urea trials or something like that, the hope would be that your nil strip or your low strip should be really visible and, and you should be able to, to easily pick up what's going on. What's going on? Well, I noticed that, in, in, and I was wandering through a few crops this year, there's no doubt there's some marking some um, some trial pots out for some other clients. And yeah, you can see, you definitely can see by eye some changes, but there's also a lot of trials there that you can't see much of a difference. I just wanted to touch on irrigation trials. Are we following the same process here? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, it depends on your irrigation system. And it does get a little bit more complex in um, a bankless system or a pipes through the bank system versus siphons that you're able to micromanage that water a bit better and a bit differently. So when we start coming to irrigation trials, particularly in a bankless system, then this is going to start getting more complex and you probably ideally would want to reach out and get some help in designing that from someone like Kieran. You are my go-to next, Kieran. What are your thoughts as far as irrigation trials are concerned? I think Emma's hit the nail on the head there with it's much easier in siphon fields to have different irrigation treatments. Any of the irrigation trials I've really been involved in have been down a slope siphon trials. Reflecting on can you see a physical difference in your treatment through the season, in my experience, it's very hard to pick up sometimes a visual difference until you get about a 15% increase in yield. Okay. So obviously, if you get a 10% increase in yield, it's good to have that trial actually measured at the end and in some ways it might be how we set up a trial to make sure that we do get a big difference between a a nil strip and a treatment strip would it be Um, the other thing about a lot of times i see trials where you might do one strip of a product and that can be okay if it's analyzed properly but it's much easier to do multiple strips with controls across a bay, yeah. it just gives it more power. Yeah, yeah, that's totally understandable. But also, I mean, taking cotton, for instance, you know, I've seen where those trials have been and you've got a bigger plant under some treatments, but that doesn't always, doesn't always relate to yield. Um, over the years, we've seen small plants with big bowls yield really well and, and then some larger plants not you as well. So I suppose there's visually is not really a, a, a good indication of how the trial might end up. For sure. You need the lie detector. So <clears throat> just recapping on our, our, just our design principles. So the main thing is to uh, pick a field with consistent yield, pick a treatment size that fits your machine, machinery, obviously, as, as Em spoke about, especially in cotton, we're looking at 12, 24, or 36 in rows. We must include a control strip or a nil strip in that field. We, we want to make sure that we can replicate the treatment at least three or four times, as Kieran was just talking about, and also uh, that randomization with the, the mix-up of treatments is also a really important point. And anything else you can think of 
as far as the design is concerned? No, I think that covers it pretty well. The most important thing, yeah, when you're designing the trial and then when you go to set it up is just to make sure that you keep a really good record of, of what you've done. That's no. the only other comment I'd make. Seems fairly simple, really, Kieran. Any thoughts there? Yeah, it's all about designing it and being keen to actually get that end result. I think we rely too much sometimes on brochures that might show part of the picture or show really good photos of yep. plants, but there's you've got to be asking yourself, where is the data? Can I have a look at the data? Because sometimes I've seen it, unfortunately, where one treatment or one rep is highlighted as showing a really good result for a treatment. So it comes down to doing your own research so you know for sure the data is valid. Yeah, I, I agree. And as we've touched on before, there are so many... Um, different companies out there with making claims about their product. Um, you really need to, to test it on your own farm, in your own process to determine whether or not um, there's anything any benefit there. We're always doing that cost v benefit um, analysis, aren't we, on farm? So I think that's a really important point. Anthony, I'd just like to round up and say that uh, obviously from what I've heard, what Emma and Kieran have said, trials, when you're setting trials up, you need to have a good reason they need to be repeated and randomised. So that's the three R's. Yep. And I suppose when you're looking at the reason, um, you have to have it to be able to be proven and it has to be practical and it has to be profitable. So that's the three P's on, on farm trials and the three R's. And just talking about designing trials, I think we would, um, I reckon planning to actually have a set of um, design or trial protocols that will be available for farmers and as Kieran we were talking about in the first episode if we can have a number of farmers across the district doing having the same kind of uh, trials designed on their place it'll be a much more powerful tool yeah I agree I don't I, I really don't think we can overestimate the power of that those group trials that just about wraps it up thank you very much for that Eva and and, and thanks uh, certainly to the IREC for um, making this uh, data available especially this um, design data or some sort of template that um, growers can use to uh, to reference when they're um, designing their trials I think that's a, a really important tool that wraps up okay. our our episode uh, two I'd like to thank uh, Emma um, from Summit Ag and Kieran O'Keefe from Cotton Info because they'll be helping us design that template for farmers to use. Uh, we've got the experts there, so we certainly, um, I can't wait to see that template or it's going to be a great one. Well, thank you very much, everyone. Once again, that just about wraps up our episode two. Thanks to Kieran, Emma and Eva, and uh, we look forward to hearing the guys' comments again in episode three of my On Farm Trial podcast. Over and out for now.